0: In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Don't you just love a full moon? We're almost to a new moon right now, if you could even see it uh, for the clouds, but there's just something magical about a full moon on a clear night, especially for me in the summer. Uh, with the moonlight uh, so bright that you could just you could feel like you you feel like you could just read, except you don't want to read because you just want to enjoy seeing your shadow at night. Full moons have captured uh, the imaginations of poets and authors and playwrights and mythicists and lyricists just for as long as there has ever been human imagination. Uh, the poet Fortunato wrote. Full moon, your beauty mesmerizes, your light shines, your presence makes our spirit soar. You are so full and soulful, illuminating the night for all. The full moon is alluring, comforting, and captivating as it shines in the darkness. But you know, the truth is, the moon has nothing to give of itself its glory is a reflected glory the moon reflects the light of the sun with a convincing brilliance in a sense it anticipates and it points to the the coming morning sun but the moon by itself is dark and cold and lifeless Many centuries before the time of Christ, Moses was on Mount Sinai. He was interceding for the recalcitrant, uh, idolatrous people of Israel. And in a moment of eager, uh, prayerful elation, Moses asked God, Please, let me see your glory. Remember that story? And God said, Okay, but... Man cannot see my face and live. In other words, there is a massive gap between God and man. There is an eternal canyon between the righteousness of God and the unrighteousness of humanity. And even such a man as Moses, God's chosen leader, could not look on God's face and live. He could not handle the glory of the Lord. It would have consumed him right on the spot. It just burned him up. To fulfill Moses' request, God uh, put Moses in a crack, a cleft uh, of the rock, right there in the mountain, and, and he covered him up as his glory passed. But then Moses was given the incredible privilege of seeing the backside of God's glory. But he could not see God's face. And yet even seeing the glory of God as through a keyhole, just the backside of God's glory, Moses' face shone. His skin literally glowed with the glory of the Lord such that when the people saw him, they were afraid. And they made him put a veil over his face to hide the glory. And yet Moses' glory was a reflected glory. Like the moon reflecting the light of the sun. Moses was not producing the light, but he was reflecting the glory of God in whose presence He had come. Let's not be mistaken, it, it was a real glory. And that's important. But Moses did not produce it. It was a reflected glory. And in fact, it was a fading glory. Now fast forward. About 1,500 years to another mountain, this one in lower Galilee. Jesus is ascending with his three closest companions, Peter, James, and John. The first men's hike. (laughs) And right before uh, their eyes, Jesus was transfigured. His appearance began to change. He began to shine, his clothes, his face, uh, just a brilliant brightness emanating from him and suddenly moses was there the giver of god's law and elijah was there the supreme prophet ancient ancient heroes of the faith right there on the mountain no wonder the three disciples were terrified it's not what they expected on their hike Now I want to just quickly highlight three remarkable things about this event. First, Moses had reflected the glory of God like the moon reflects the light of the sun. But Jesus' glory wasn't a reflected glory. He produced the glory Himself. Jesus did not reflect the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God. And on that mountain, for just a moment, the disciples got a peek of the fullness of Jesus in all His deity, all His divinity. And He is qualified to pay the price for our sins because He is God in all His holiness, in all His righteousness, and in all His glory. Well, second, as they looked on the transfigured Jesus, in all of His radiant glory, Peter, James, and John saw the face of God and they did not die. Now why is that? Were they more righteous than Moses? Hardly. They didn't die. Because Jesus Christ is the bridge across that eternal canyon between God and humanity. Peter, James, and John were protected from the wrath of God's consuming glory for the same reason that you and I are if our faith is in Jesus Christ. Because the glory of Christ is inextricably tied to the cross of Christ. Where He would take upon Himself the wrath that we deserve so that through faith in Him we can expect a free pass across that eternal canyon. St. Paul wrote in our epistle lesson, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is removed. That is, in Christ, we need have no fear of God's judgment for even our darkest, our most secret sins. But we can enjoy His love and His glory. So first, Jesus did not reflect the glory of God. He is the glory of God. And second, uh, neither the disciples nor we will die in His presence because He is the bridge from sin and separation uh, across to God and all His righteousness. And finally, third, the voice from the clouds said of Jesus, this is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. Now I've always heard that like a parent to a child. Listen to me. Listen to me. You're not paying attention, you're not obeying, you're not doing what I'm saying, so cut it out and listen to me. You wonder why I do that so well. (laughs) You know, upon a closer look, I don't think that that's where the Father, speaking from the cloud, is placing His emphasis. You see, Moses was there the giver of God's law, whose skin once glowed with the glory of the Lord. And Elijah was there, the supreme prophet who was once taken up in chariots of fire. The law and the prophets, luminaries of the faith. And yet God says of Jesus, listen to Him. Listen to Him to Him. You know, when you can see the moon in the sky after the sun comes up, it looks looks just sort of like a wisp of cloud. Its brilliance has faded because the sun's brightness is so much greater. And in the same way, the reflected glory of Moses and Elijah, it was real glory. It was pointing to the coming Son of God, but now the sun is here. With such surpassing glory as to eliminate the splendor of those ancient heroes. Now, listen to Him. Listen to Jesus. Salvation doesn't come by outward moral conformity to the law, but by the grace of God given through faith in Jesus Christ. He's the Son. And He's paid the price for our inward rebellion. For our wandering hearts. Listen to Him now. Listen to Jesus. He's the bridge to abundant life, He is the bridge to eternal life, He is the real glory. Friends, we spend our lives howling at many moons. Some are more glorious than others. Each one is alluring in its own way. Each one promises satisfaction in its own way. Some even maybe a temporary or um, earthly salvation. Some may actually reflect the glory of God. Others may just be uh, cheap neon signs that are plugged into another source. But each one fades before the Son of God, reduced to nothing more than a wisp of cloud, if even that. Maybe Fortunato should have written, Jesus Christ, your beauty mesmerizes, your light shines, your presence makes our spirit soar. You are so full and so soulful, illuminating the night for all. See, regardless the moons that we've howled at, regardless of the sins that we've committed in thought, word, and deed, uh, regardless of the shame that we carry and the doubts that we hold, the glorious One, Jesus Christ, He has paid for it all, for you and for me, that we might walk across the bridge of His saving grace and into His glory. Amen.